Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With these infernal setbacks never end, the revolution begins now. I got a vibe tells me I should be sitting in on this scene for a while. Hey, it's David Kay, voice of Beast Wars Megatron and TFA Optimus. You're listening to the Geek Cast Radio Network. Jazz here, and I'm jiving to this episode of Transformation Animation featuring Mike Blanchard, Stephen C. Phillips, and Michael Wilson. Bow, 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 bow. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Hello, and welcome to episode six of Transformation Animation Podcast. I am your host, Steve Jim Mike, and joining me is Steve Megatron. Hello. Good day. Pecan Court Michael, hello. Hey, how's it going? It's going and making a return trip from Cybertron, Optimus Solo. Holy hell, how did you afford that shuttle admission? Actually, it wasn't as bad as you thought, because I got a discount if uh, any of my body parts came back on the wrong side of my body. Well, what happened is you got the Priceline Negotiator. (laughs) I wonder what kind of Transformer William Shatner would be. Well, you know, they've made made improvements on the Space Bridge recently, so... I got, a, I got a good deal. Today we are going to be recapping Transformers Animated Season 1. Uh, so what's going on with you, Kevin? Oh, good God. Um, well, life on Cybertron is kind of boring at the moment. Um, not a lot of stuff going on. Well, it is a barren, dead planet. Yeah, so. I've basically been walking around trying to find something or someone for weeks now. and No luck. For a second there, I thought you were going to say you've been trying to find someone or something to do. <laughs> well, that too. <laughs> but no, not much going on on Cybertron, sorry. What about you, Steve? What's going on? Oh, Lord. Um, uh, I, I didn't know how you know much uh, you can stretch yourself until you have no time to do everything. <laughs> um, yes, because I'm working on several sites right now. Uh, one hopefully for money, and then you know between trying to do little things at other ones, um, and uh, been doing somewhat like waiting for authorization on behind the voice actors contest thing that's coming. Uh, as far as what the hell's going on, yes. Uh, 
our rampage for Dark Glass is MIA. I contacted both the backup and the regular, so they are officially back on the market for people to audition for. I say so. I tried that, and it doesn't turn out as well. It comes out quite bad. Um, (laughs) Yes. So uh, on top of that, I've been on Voices.com auditioning for many, many things lately. Uh, I think I've done over 50 auditions, got nothing yet. Some of them have been reviewed, and they haven't actually finished their things. Uh, Some of them have. I'm in the middle of doing 20 more tonight and then uh i'm also doing a bunch of fan dubs that are more so like audio play fan dubs based on japanese anime which i die in every single rendition (laughs) so i have a ton of lines and then a bunch of shrieking and uh getting burnt up in ovens and like right now i'm doing the black butler series (laughs) which uh i had no idea what the hell it was before getting into it and i also was doing phoenix wright as uh, one of the fat old lawyers that's supposed to be nuts, so I used Master Roshi as the template. Uh, but yes, yeah, so that's what I've been doing lately. Other than that, nothing. What's going on with the family Wilson there, Michael? Dennis! Ha <laughs> ha! No. Um, we uh, just started uh, Fall Ball, which is like T-Ball, except in the fall. Yes. So yeah, so he went out and got Aiden a new baseball bat today. He was all excited. Nice. Yeah. Uh, my company has uh, already drank the Microsoft Kool Aid, so they've been trying to prod <laughs> me into uh, SharePoint development for the last like six months or so, and I finally broke down and uh, went to a SharePoint development conference. So I spent the last three days there uh, learning all about SharePoint development. And that's, oh, so exciting. <laughs> I'm on the edge of my seat. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, at least you had a little bit more fun and exciting stuff with Phineas and Ferb across the second dimension. We talked all about that in the GCR episode. Well, that's right. That was, uh, yeah, we must have watched that show about ten times just over the weekend. <laughs> and and then we had the, uh, the podcast about it with uh, Ryan Mead. Yep. That was interesting. I mean, I hope that I hope people listen to that, and uh, you know, maybe maybe we'll get a the video version that I put up on YouTube of of the mashup of images with just the audio under the images. It started at started at like ten views within an hour. It went up to like seventy five views. Two days, three days later, it's at nearly a hundred and seventy five views. Nice. <laughs> um. So yeah, there is that. But yeah, That's super cool. super fun stuff. Um, I'm trying to sell a bunch of furniture I don't need on Craigslist. Uh, let's see. Trying to sell these stupid books of poetry. Um, actually getting ready to move upstairs to supposedly what's supposed to be the best apartment in the building, so I won't be in this shithole anymore. I'll actually be in an actual apartment that I can actually unpack crap in. That'll be good. Yeah. Temporary living sucks. (laughs) Come on. Shut up. Time to celebrate, Sean. <laughs> Shut up. Okay. Uh, so other than that, not much else is going on with me. So I think we're going to take a break. You're going to hear some audio, and we'll come back with the recap of Season 1. It's as though humans are forever at war with nature. Beauty literally falls from the sky, and they immediately rush to spoil it with their machines. They won't rest until all of nature's beauty is 
Have you even heard a word I said? So we are back, and the way, the way that each of us is going to do this is we've got three or four or five different categories. We have favorite episodes, favorite characters so far in the series, favorite moments, least favorite moments, least favorite characters so far, least favorite episodes, and then our overall thoughts. Yeah, buddy. Um, why don't we let uh, the Cybertronian correspondent go first with favorite episodes from season one, just to see if he has any at all. <laughs> Oh, the first time viewer does have some favorite episodes. Um, the first one, which I don't have a lot to say about it, but I just liked it overall, was uh, episode, I believe it was episode 11, Lost and Found. Mm -hmm. um, I just kind of liked it. I liked uh, the play between Blitzwing and Lugnut. Um, Megatron was cold and calculated in that one. And it was just a fun episode overall. I mean, it wasn't nothing to like, write home about, but I just liked it overall. Um I also like the two-part Megatron Rising, just because Megatron's rising. I mean, come on. Um, I tend to like two-parters, and I, I don't know. This one was good. You had a good interaction between Lugnut and Starscream. Um, you obviously have Megatron making his whatever you want to call it. Return. Return, so to speak. So I, I really liked the two-part. But uh, overall, my favorite episode of season one, and this should not come as a surprise, the thrill of the hunt. <laughs> And I'm sure other people will be able to talk about that one, but it just had a lot of cool stuff in it. Yeah. Um, what about you, Steve? What are your favorite episodes from season one? Um, hmm. <laughs> I guess Megatron Rising. <laughs> you didn't write anything down, did you? I didn't write anything down, but that's more so because I don't like season one. <laughs> So yeah. therefore, I'm I'm going off the wiki for reference points, Harsh. and I would have to say my favorite episodes are Megatron Rising because Megatron actually gets back into the battle. Good times. Yes. Okay. What about you, Michael? Uh, well, I'm gonna have to go with Thrill of the Hunt for the triumvirate, uh, just because you know it's it's Lance Henriksen. Yep. And he's and he's awesome. Uh, and we had the a lot of backstory filled in. Mm -hmm. I mean basically we yeah, were tossed into the, Yeah, we were tossed into this crew, uh, and you know, they basically say off the cuff, Oh, we've never even seen a Decepticon and it's like, Well what the heck? Where where'd everybody go? And now we find out about the Great War and Ratchet's place in it and We got a know, Susan how, Blue appearance. Yeah, you get Sue Blue thrown in there. You know, you can come for the Lance Henderson, stay for the Subaru. And and like I mentioned in my uh, when we talked about this episode, the number one reason why this is the best episode of season one, no humans. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that doesn't hurt. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I want to say the other episode that didn't have any humans was uh, Along Came a Spider. Yeah, and that was, that was decent. yeah. Well, you know, we get Alita One, who's insanely overpowered. Uh, and then she becomes Black Arachnia, who is even more insanely overpowered. Uh, you know, it, it's, and, you know, no humans. So, hey, kudos there. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, th I, I would say Megatron Rising, but you knew it was going to happen. Yeah. You know, Megatron's head is going to get his body back. He's been trying all season. Uh,. Not necessarily that it was going to happen 
you know, at the, in the season finale two-parter, but you knew it was going to happen eventually. Uh, yeah, I mean, for all we know, hey, that he's going to stay ahead in a jar for, or, you know, the remaining however many seasons and then pop out just before the series ends. But, uh, but no, we get him at the end of season one, and, you know, that's good enough for me. I'll take that. Uh, basically, the... Well, I don't want to say the, the only ones that are any good besides that are Thrill of the Hunt and Along Came a Spider. But they're, they're two of the few episodes that this season that don't introduce human villains. Ah, uh, yes. And that's kind of been the the, net, the running detractor as far mm. as you know, as far as what uh, hardcore G1 fans are concerned with. Right. What about you, Mike? Um, I like the three-part opening movie, Transform and Rollout. Um, Megatron Rising, same reasons. Um, I really love Sound and Fury just because it's Soundwave. Yeah. <sighs> What? <laughs> I like lots of parts of that, and I dislike lots of parts of that one. Well, it's it's Soundwave. I don't care. That part was cool. Soundwave was, was cool. Soundwave, basically, he outranks any other bad part in that episode. It, it would have been even better if he wasn't a kid's play toy. Well, it was an interesting way for them to introduce him instead of just have him show up. Yeah. Yeah. It could have been like a light post, you know, <laughs> Oh look, I'm Soundwave. Ah, oh, I'm here. Yeah. Where'd he come from? I don't know. Ta-da! Yeah, Ta-da-da. there he is. Wee. <laughs> it's nice how they introduce him because it was like a master plan of Megatron. Oh, I'm gonna gonna introduce this little guy, and then he's gonna get bigger, and then he's gonna get bigger, and then he's gonna get bigger, and then he's gonna be my new body. It's gonna be awesome. Check this out. Uh, you know, and it basically it doesn't work out for him, which is kind of cool in and of itself. Yeah. It's like, here's my new pair of pants. Wait, he won't let me wear them. <laughs> <laughs> the pants are walking away without me. Oh, this kind of sucks. Maybe I can negotiate with the pants. <laughs> Would you like to, you know, join up with my, my head and t- what's left of me? <laughs> you at least no. be able to control the zipper. <laughs> I used to be ahead oh. of my time. Get in my belly. <laughs> oh, my God. So those are the best episodes of season one, people. Yeah, we're going to move on to favorite characters. I'm going to start this one off. Uh, I really dig Blitzwing just because it, mainly I dig the the crazy, the random Blitzwing. Um, but I like how his, his alt modes are tied into his personality and the Autobots eventually figure that out and <laughs> that's how they defeat him. Um, I like Ratchet a little bit. Uh, he's growing on me. Uh, Optimus, I like that they've taken him and made him younger, but haven't made him as douchebaggery as Rodimus Prime was in G1. Um, no. And, of course, you know, Megatron. I, I mean, it's Megatron. I, he could be a head. He could be, you know, a tanker truck. He could be anything. He would still be menacing as all hell. Uh, now, this Megatron is distinctly different from any iteration of Megatron we've seen before, though. True. I still dig him. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so who are your favorite characters then, Michael? Uh, for me, Ratchet really stands out. Um, basically, you know, because this is the, well, I don't want to say the first time they've introduced the, you know, the old medic. 
previously, you know, when you wanted to have an, uh, let's say, a, a, a character that was old and crotchety and, and had been been around and seen it all, you know, you looked at Cup. Yeah. And here it's like, well, we don't have a Cup, but we can have Ratchet be Cup, except he's kind of Dr. Cup. <laughs> That's a you good know, one. But, but, yeah, but this Dr. character Cup keeps... with wheels. Exactly. But this, this uh, characterization keeps coming up. I mean, we see it again in the movie, uh, you know, the, the Bay movie. Uh, we see it again in Transformers Prime. You know, basically, you got this old crotchety doctor. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the classic Ratchet, the G1 Ratchet, wasn't like that at all. No. You know, he was kind Ironhide of. Ironhide was more. Ironhide was more like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't. Ironhide wasn't as old and crotchety as Cup. No. Cup takes the cake, right? But but yeah, I mean, this ratchet is is more of a more of an well, Ironhide see, than a ratchet. That's a theme for this whole show: is they like to bring in these new characters, and or these same characters, but then give them a different character's personality. <laughs> right. It's well, like, yeah. Optimus I like Prime that. is Optimus Prime is Rodimus Prime. Uh, ratchet is Ironhide or Cup. Um, and then what was the other one? I think uh, Prowl was more like Hound. In yeah, my opinion. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll buy that. I, I again, I think that they were leaning more toward, uh, you know, classic. Um, what do they call it? Like I don't want to say iconic characters, but they're 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 going for almost like a trope, almost the same yeah. tropes that they borrowed uh, against for Teen Titans. You know, again, yeah. Bumblebee being Beast Boy and uh, Bulkhead being Cyborg, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but the thing with Ratchet, though, is is not only is he, well, not only do they start off with this new characterization. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. For him that persists over time since then. But he also gets the best backstory. You know, he was old. He's mm-hmm. he's old now, but when he was young, he was in the war. He was, uh, you know, r- field technician or field medic and treating RC and fighting lockdown and all these things. I mean, it's stuff that, even stuff that hasn't been introduced yet, but, you know, he's been around. He's got a lot of backstory. Backstory's he, good. He might get some of the best backstory mm-hmm. out of the whole series, to be honest. And, and we've only seen a little bit of it yet. Not to give too much away for Kevin, but yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, but no, I mean, he's he's probably one of the standout characters. I agree. He's been given the, mo- the most attention so far as far as character development out of the Autobots. What, what do you think, Kevin? I, 
I tried really hard to come up with an Autobot that I liked. And can't do it. <laughs> I really, I really can't do it. Um, I'll give like a half of like to Bulkhead and a half of like to Ratchet. Um, Ratchet, like for the reasons you just said, you know, he's had the most character development. He seems like the most complex character so far. Uh, and I don't even know why I say Bulkhead, but he doesn't annoy me as much as the other ones do, I guess. Not yet, at least. Um, if you I had to pick my, th- hear my bad so often, right? <laughs> yeah. If I had to pick my three favorites, they'd all be Decepticons. Um, number three would be Megatron, just because I like this version of Megatron, and it's just kind of cool to see how he's developing. Um, second would be Black Arachnia. Um, even though we, we just got the one episode, it was pretty cool. The transformation, I liked what they did with her backstory. Um, my favorite character so far is Lugnut. I don't. I can't really explain it other than he cracks me up. He legitimately makes me laugh in almost any, every episode he's been in. And I don't know why, but he just strikes a chord with me. So I, Lugnut's my favorite character so far in season one. I don't see him as being very comedic. For some reason, he makes me laugh. <laughs> the scene when the episode where he's talking to Megatron, but Starscream can't see him, can't see that he's talking to Megatron, and, and he thinks he's talking to himself. Like I don't know, there are some very funny parts in that. Uh, see, now I thought Starscream was funnier in that one. There's well, some really I can funny Starscream that. moments. I mean, Starscream's a little more comedic than he really should be, but I don't know. I just like Lugnut. I can't explain it. Maybe I'll be able to explain it later in another season. I'll have to Steve. ask uh, General Techno about that and see what he says. <laughs> and then no. deep discussions about the finer points of Lugnut. Yeah. Um, he, he takes obsession to a whole new level. But anyway, Steve, what are your favorite characters so far? Um, I would have to say that my favorite characters are, well, Optimus Prime. Just because it's a different take on them. They've never gone this direction with one before. They're always, you know, militaristic. They know pretty much everything. And this one, he's, you know, uh, basically doesn't know shit. He's useless. Um, Which is refreshing, to say the least. I like Ratchet just because the same reasons you guys said. Crotchety old man. Uh, And it's quite nice to see, I don't know. And, and I know they carried over a lot of the animated characters to TF Prime in, in some regards, like mm-hmm. Ratchet, Bulkhead, Bumblebee, in a sense. So, I mean, it's it's kind of, you know, they, they obviously get something right in this show with those characters. But uh, uh, And, of course, you can't go without saying uh, Megatron and Starscream are definitely... Like, Starscream, of course, is more G1 in this than some of the previous renditions. Uh, but Megatron is definitely something totally different that we haven't seen in Transformers since Beast Wars. Mm-hmm. So I, I'd have to say those are my favorite characters thus far. Yes. Um, getting into favorite moments for me, um, in Megatron Rising, when Megatron just throws down, I mean, he kicks the Autobots asses all over the place. That was awesome. Uh, in the very beginning of the uh, season when Starscream sent Megatron to his doom. And then, of course, in Megatron Rising when Megatron gets his revenge on him. Uh, the you interrupted my speech line. I love that. That's awesome. <laughs> the only good thing I will ever say about Bumblebee 
was when he was dressed up as the as as the vampire and he was crawling all over bulkhead i thought that was a little bit funny um and anything with lockdown is is great what about you steve favorite moments um probably where soundwave got to have the giant body yeah just because it was weird seeing him go from this itty bitty little drone to this gargantuan robot that pulled tentacles to get machines to put them together. Just that was kind of strange. Uh, I like Megatron getting thrown back together, of course. I like his 3D element that they had, basically showing his skeletal remains to Lugnut. Yep. Uh, I like Prime's freaking hammer when he goes or not his hammer his uh his axe. axe when he goes and uses it against megatron or just whatever it's just i don't know that's such a badass thing that he's got this time around and my axe you can kiss my axe <laughs> twice i don't do a very good gimli so what about you kevin what are your uh, favorite moments from season one this is hard. Um, <laughs> I, I had a couple small ones that are just kind of more G1 nods or whatever, but uh, I liked what I'm calling Hector Ramirez news reporter take. I mean, that's what it seems like to me. I'm not saying that's exactly what they intended to do, but he's appeared a couple different times, and I just remember seeing him in the old school Transformers, G.I. Joe, and you know a couple different other 80s shows, so that was kind of cool. Uh, the little appearance of Krem Zeke, yeah, that was awesome. I liked seeing that. Um, back from the first uh, opening three-episode, whatever you want to call it, um, the way that they began working on Bridges and at the end of the episode they ended working on Bridges, I like full circle moments, so I liked that. As far as like some bigger moments, obviously when Megatron comes to life, that's something that's or comes into his new body. That's kind of a cool moment. Uh, my two favorite moments from season one, though, number one would be, like I said before, when Lugnut and Starscream were having the conversation where Lugnut's talking to Megatron in his head and Starscream doesn't know it. I just think that's a hilarious bit between the two of them. And then the other one, probably my – and this this might be why I put Bulkhead as one of my favorite characters was just for this moment, but when Bulkhead has no body, I actually yeah, that, thought that, that was, was hilarious. That was kind of cool. <laughs> Like, the interaction between him and Bumblebee while Bulkhead has no body, I, I didn't expect to like it, but I really liked that scene. So that was probably my favorite moment of the whole season. Awesome. Yeah, I like the uh, giant Bulkhead head walking around on the tiny little Tudorbot body. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Yeah. What about you, Michael? What else did you like from season one for favorite moments? Uh, I liked the very brief appearance of Professor Princess. God. Uh, I, <laughs> I just dig this as a character. Um, I, I didn't actually do this. I was thinking about it. But there, there's a scene in the Phineas and Ferb movie where Isabella is riding a... a, a no, a don't you even dare. Shut up. <laughs> Move on. She's riding a, like a giant rocket-powered uh, unicorn. And I was actually going to take a clip from that and, and put a little... Uh, you know, don't for, even desecrate Phineas and Ferb. Professor put a little mask on her and make her look like Professor Princess. Do it. Princess. Oh, do it. Send it back. Oh, no. what do you think of Professor Princess now? Because <laughs> <laughs> there's no way that he'd be able to go. Oh, okay. Well, you, you can't diss on Isabella. What you doing? Oh. <laughs> no way not to like that. 
What else did you like? Uh, I liked uh, I liked the the scene uh, of uh, Bla- Blast of the Past where at the end Grimlock transforms. Yeah, that was that great. Was the- that yeah. was great. Yeah. I was like, "Oh, okay, cool. This is going to be cool." Yeah. Uh, well, so, okay, you know, I'm, I, I, yeah, I have to go with the old standby. I liked it when Megatron got his body back. The whole reformatting, uh, you know, and, and he basically reformats the entire lab into his body and then bursts out the roof and goes, "Ha ha! <laughs> you know, your asses are now lying." <laughs> no, I, I like that a lot. Uh, I, I liked at the end of Along Came the Spider, where, and you know, Kevin's going to hate this, but I kind of liked it when <laughs> Black Picnic cried. But not just that, but the whole reveal to, I mean, the whole episode, they've been beating it over your head. She's Alita One, but when it was revealed to Optimus Prime, and he suddenly recognized and said, oh my god, you're, oh, oh, crap, you know? <laughs> uh, that scene was really cool and it it, it just kind of lent a vulnerability to her and then culminating at the end when she cries and again she's totally able to cry because she has an organic calf you know <laughs> but, uh, and, and again you know she's been through a lot she deserves a good cry but it was just so unexpected and it was really nice and, and it was a nice chunk of character development for her and it's too bad that we don't see much more of her until much later yeah um I only have two least favorite moments because the least favorite moments weren't even in the script until Kevin said, oh, I added them. <laughs> um, Bumblebee's hard character. I just, I know he gets better, but I just cannot stand him in season one. Um, and this show kind of goes to prove that power corrupts absolutely. Uh, anything with the key, enough said. I, I mean, seriously. <laughs> that is an understatement. <laughs> I I have perused. Oh God! All the, of my notes. We, we do not want to be here no, no. all night. No, no, so no, no. you need to keep it like to a top ten list. No, of no, I, I don't have very many. I've perused all my notes, and I have come up with the for sure worst moments of season one. And they're just small moments. Um, okay. You you already you already talked about any moment involving the key, but the creme de la creme was the keyhole in the toilet. <laughs> so Agreed. that's a terrible moment of season one. We've already had feedback on that, and it proves <laughs> beyond a shadow of a doubt that there should be a keyhole in the toilet. <laughs> yeah, just everybody needs a toilet key. <laughs> and for what for listeners who may just. Have started listening to this show. First of all, go back to episode zero and start from the beginning. Second of all, if you want to, you know, get the the context of what Michael just said, go back to episode five and listen to um, what was the episode? Uh, the one with the Dinobots and meltdown. Meltdown, um, total meltdown. Yeah, no, I or think it was after that. Found. I don't no, know. It, no, it survival, survival of the, the fittest. fittest. Yeah, yeah, survival, yeah, of, the survival fittest. of the fittest. That's what it was. Um, what else, Kevin? Um, my second one would be the entire wrestling match that Bumblebee is involved with. Yeah. <sighs> Third would be, and like I said in the when we talked about this episode, it's the history teacher in me, but the incorrect uh, alignment of calling it dinosaurs from the Jurassic period and then showing a bunch of dinosaurs that are not from the Jurassic period. That bugged me. 
Um, another one would be a dog named Sparkplug. <laughs> that rocked. <laughs> and uh, my last one would be Black Arachnia Cry. <laughs> <laughs> it's not because she didn't deserve to have an emotional moment. It was because of the actual tears coming out of her eyes. Because she's not half organic? Still. Would you rather she cried, like, webbing or something? No, I'd rather she not cry. I'd rather she, like, like broke down to the point, like, maybe she, like, went to a knee. Or maybe she, like, kneeled down. Or maybe she, like, has showed emotion in a way other than crying. Would have been fine for me. It goes to another point, which I'll bring up later. But those are my <laughs> least favorite moments. What about you, Steve? Least favorite moments? <laughs> um, any moment that a human appears. <laughs> okay, well, the only <laughs> exception I'll, the only exception I make to that is Spike and Carly. Any moment a key is involved, any moment a human appears. Any moment a toilet appears. I think I smell a drinking game here. Oh, God. <laughs> Transformers animated, the drinking game. Take a drink. But yeah, that's that, and the fact that this season is overall the least interesting part of the entire three seasons. Hmm. Okay. All right. So you already went, didn't you, Michael? For least favorite? I don't think I did. No, I don't remember. You have any least favorite moments? I liked them all. <laughs> he has been up drinking until we get, yeah, up until we get to least favorite episodes I mean, individual moments I liked everything, episodes eh, there's some that, that, that shine more than others and some that don't shine at all yes uh, getting into least favorite characters uh, for me uh, Bumblebee I, I said a second ago <laughs> he's just a dick that's all it is uh, Bulkhead, why did they create this character for the show? Why couldn't they have brought in like a Prowl or, well, no, we have Prowl. Why, why couldn't they run like a Blue Streak or a Sunstreaker and Sideswipe, you know, anything but Bulkhead, I mean. I do agree with that point. I always hate it when you have a library of hundreds of characters, why you have to invent a new one. Yeah. Well, again, I think it, it's because of the, you know, the tropes, you know, you have to have your Beast Boy. You know, you have to have your giant hulking guy who's but out know, of really, really strong, but not but out really of the, agile. Out of the hundreds of characters that were in Transformers, the original, there wasn't any that fit that Well, mold. what, that's what, what, I can what think Michael of. is saying is that because oh, most of... Yeah, it could... I, well, well, I know not... it comes later, but... Okay. Um, but what Michael is saying is because most of the Wrong. creators or most of the, the crew on this were on Teen Titans, that's where Bumblebee and Bulkhead as Cyborg. No, I know. I'm just saying I think Braun or, or, or Warpath, or I know some of them make a little appearance later on, but they could have been main yeah. characters in this form. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah um, I, I could totally see a Braun, actually. But he's, uh, at that point, they, well, actually, at that point, they had already lost the uh, the copyright, the trademark to Braun, so they... They end up would end up having to call him X Braun again, <laughs> something like that. True. Like in Ro- Robots in Disguise, but I, I don't think I would have been happy to have classic G One Braun be portrayed as kind of you know dopey and clumsy. Yeah. Sure, he's really. Well, no, you you would no. You would just throw out like if you didn't oh, use Bulkhead, 
you would throw out that entire character. You would use yep. whatever well, other characteristics. Again, you would... I, I would say no because there's these character tropes that they're adhering to. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What about the they green? Want, they want the big guy. dopey strong guy. What about the green construction vehicle guy? <laughs> lost my mind on. Not Hoist, but... Uh, uh, oh, yeah, no, Hoist was the green one. Was he? Yeah. Yeah. Grapple was the yellow one. Hoist could have done it. No. I don't know. Uh, Prowl. Prowl needs to stop throwing his beliefs all over the fucking place. Prowl needs to be renamed Mirage Hound. <laughs> I would have uh, accepted a Mirage if they would have named like, come him. Come on, him. Prowl was supposed to be the freaking, like, the, the militaristic guy of the group. He's supposed to be the poli- Well, he is a police motorcycle, but he's supposed to be you know. the, you know, he's supposed to be the policeman of the group. Um... <laughs> And finally, for me, least favorite characters. I will never like this character. I don't care how many other people like it. I don't care if there is one fanboy out there that obsesses over him that he has to have, like, six different puggle formers of the same damn character. (laughs) Lugnut. I I fucking hate Lugnut and his constant pontificating. Oh, my God. So wrong. (laughs) I would... I would gladly deal with Inferno saying my queen every five seconds than fucking Lugnut. Okay, tell us how you really feel. <laughs> I just did. Get it all out. Uh, he Kevin, wants to be fucking least favorite characters. Um, least favorite characters, I could almost list all the Autobots. Um, <laughs> but mostly Prowl, only for the fact that that was one of my favorite, that is one of my favorite characters of all time in the Transformers history, and this is not Prowl. They should have named him something else. Um, Bumblebee, like you said, is a jackass. And I hate Rodimus Prime in this. You mean Optimus. Oh, I'm sorry, Optimus Prime. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, as far as Decepticons, the only one I can't stand is Blitzwing. And that's mainly because... He's the only I'm one s- most people like. I'm so distracted by when he talks to try to come up with what accent he's trying to do in that one... <laughs> face because it's nothing I've ever heard in my entire life and I like I like the story about how he got his alt modes and I like that he has different faces with different voices but something about him bugs the shit out of me I don't know <laughs> I'll take a lug nut over Blitzwing any day it should have been Astro Train god damn it but anyway um, <laughs> Steve least favorite characters Octane. <laughs> um, I don't like Bulkhead I don't like Bumblebee I don't like Blitzwing. I don't like Lugnut. I don't like the Dinobots. Why are you watching the show again? <laughs> I hate the humans. Because better oh, times come. Damn it. Um, let me see. Oh. I changed my least favorite characters to every human hero or like one off person that they brought in the villains yeah. yes the human villains you can't, you can't make characters. it a blanket all humans because <laughs> okay i like the cons- all human villains no Earth. the construction via- the construction workers are Prometheus awesome Black was all right 
I hate yeah, all he was the, cool. All the villains of the the humankind. <laughs> I don't like Spike Sorry. and Carly and Daniel. I can deal with that. They were a one shot. Spark the dog. They keep coming back. They keep coming back, but they don't really serve a purpose. They don't do anything. They're just like there for window dressing, but it's cool to see them. Yes. But yeah, I think those are the characters I hate so far. <laughs> this list will grow. Wow. Uh, Michael, least favorite characters from season one? Uh, I I don't know. You know, I hate to say it, but I'm not terribly fond of Bulkhead. No, just most people aren't. I think well, none of us are. Well, yeah, <laughs> okay. I mean, just because he, you know, he is I liked him without a body. Clumsy. I yeah. like him in TF Prime. I liked him if they would have just kept him with just the head. No. <laughs> he was ahead of his time. So basically, <laughs> if if Kevin Michael Richards had uh, had done the voice here, for, I think the, they could tolerate been a... him much more. Yeah, if he wasn't I... constantly tripping over himself. Yeah, that, that if, if he be... wasn't playing Patrick from SpongeBob, I could get past him. <laughs> and see, that's that's one of the coolest. You know, regardless of Bulkhead's characters his characteristics. That's one of the coolest things about this show. Patrick is an Autobot. SpongeBob is a Decepticon. <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of bothered by the Dinobots. Not, not some, well, not so much Grimlock cause he actually speaks. They got cool robot forms that are wasted. Well, exactly. It's like, why again, uh, why are they even there? Uh, is that the where the whole thing about block? having, is that the whole, where the whole thing about having, characters not talk started in the Transformers history. Um, I don't think so. I don't think so. There they are did fantastic episodes of like Samurai Jack that are awesome. No, no, I mean dialogue at all. No, I mean the uh, Transformers characters that don't never speak. Oh, I don't know. I hope uh, not. I don't recall that ever happened in G1 or Beast Wars. I think it wasn't until the movie where it's yeah. like, oh, we can't afford a voice actor for Bumblebee, so he'll just... <laughs> <laughs> talking an old Star Trek, uh, you know, voice, uh, voice yeah. clip sound. I inter- interrupted your last your your next pick though for a character. I'm sorry, Michael. I'm sorry. Who did I say? Something after whatever we just talked about. <laughs> oh no, it was a, I was talking about the Dinobots and the fact okay. that two of them don't even speak. And in in uh, the Rise of Megatron one, they make it a point to reveal to Optimus Prime that they, they're alive still and go to the island and, and they try to recruit their help and not only do most of them not speak, but they don't actually do anything. Yeah. I mean, it's, they don't they don't show up at the end and, and, and pitch a hand against Megatron despite the fact that they're on Dinobot Island. So it's like, why do they even introduce them here? Or I shouldn't say that. Why do they even show up in, in Megatron Rising at all? And secondly, why the hell don't they talk? Agreed. Yeah, so that that's that's my main, you know, kind of nitpicks. Uh, there's really not enough Decepticons to really complain about them. Yeah, uh, I I mean I don't hate Lugnut with quite the ferocity that Blanchard does. Uh, you know, I mean honestly, they show up in what two episodes? Yeah, I don't think it's that big of a deal, really. Uh, Starscream shows up more often, but I like Starscream. Yeah, Starscream's good. Yeah, I mean he's not my favorite, but you know, I, I dig him. Fair enough. Yeah, that about covers it. Oh, as long as we're covering, uh, you know, worst uh, characters there, I, w- I want to throw a nanosec. Yes, yeah. he is the number one, maybe. Yeah, worst I, I character like, in the season. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> number one, number one worst character. I like some of the other. Uh, I mean, I, I'm not a total human villain hater. I like some of the other ones. I, I kind of dig Angry Archer. Uh, you know, just because he's he's just he's a unique character. It's really cool. Um, it'd be easy to say, oh, well, that's Green Arrow, you know. But no, he he, you know, talks like a, a Renfair reject. It's awesome. Uh, I like. Again, I like Professor Princess. She she was in there all of two minutes, and for some reason, everyone hates her for it because uh, she distracts from the rest of the episode. It's like she had two minutes on screen. I don't see the big deal. But Nanosag had the entire episode, and he he was just kind of annoying. I was kind of hoping he'd die at the end, really. But, he did yeah, in my mind. He, he may as he well. He comes uh, back. He, well, he's he dead in my mind, so that's okay. Comes well, back he comes sword, back. Which is He'll what be reincarnated. <laughs> they cloned him. He's, like, <laughs> he's, he's like, what was his name? Nino Sexton the second. Yeah. yeah. Nino Sexton Mark Two. Nino Second what, Second. What did you want to say, Kevin? Earlier. Nothing. Oh, okay. Um, moving on to least favorite episodes. Um, <laughs> ooh ooh ooh. Wait, wait, wait. You cannot say all of them. Uh, <laughs> wait. Uh, for me, my I just have four. The number four <laughs> would be Nanosec. That's a third. That's a third of the episodes you didn't like. <laughs> I had mine down at two. Well, I'm not spending too much time on these damn things. So number four would be Nanosec. Number three would be Headmaster. Number two would be Survival of the Fittest. And the number one worst episode in the entire season, Nature Calls. Disagree. What? You like Nature Calls? No, I disagree that that's the worst episode of the entire season. No, Nature Uh, Calls is the worst episode of the entire season. I don't know about that. Nanosec might be the worst episode. I have... There's so many pieces of shit but there's two that smell worse than the rest um my second worst is a uh, total meltdown that episode, i hated that episode there was so many problems with that episode the writing dialogue was terrible they had a wrestling match with transformers involved and there was just inconsistencies in the plot i didn't like it uh, i like the villain how how could you not see no the uh, villain that's the best cool human villain, villain. That is the best human villain that we've had, yeah. but the, it's tarnished by the rest of the episode. Um, but no, the worst, hands down, the worst episode of the entire season was Nanosec. Um, yeah, yeah, I'll buy that. I, I don't even want to talk about it because it'll make me mad. <laughs> Steve, worst, least favorite episodes? Least favorite episodes? Yeah. You want me to list them? <laughs> You cannot say all of them. You must have some favorites in there somewhere, but yeah, like, I don't know, top three least favorites. Okay. Nanosec. Yes. And... Hmm. Headmaster. That was also awful, yes. I liked Headmaster. Boo. And... Home is where the spark is. Yeah, I can agree with that. Mike, one. how is when nature calls worse than nanosec? Nature calls <laughs> is worse because that's prowl, and everybody's saying you have to, you know, that that's the whole message of nature versus technology, and saying that, oh my God, 
what if you never had these machines anymore? What would you do? And it's like, stop pushing your beliefs on us, god damn it. <laughs> I think I struck a chord. No, not really. Uh, Michael, least favorite episodes from season one. Uh, I'm going to have to round out the consensus with Nanosec. <laughs> You're alone, yes, Blanchard. I- uh, exactly. <laughs> with the with the exception of maybe introducing an, uh, another human villain, uh, Nanosec really didn't do anything to progress the story. Uh, I mean, it's just another one of Megatron's attempts to regain his body that fail. Uh, I I want to say the the only redeeming factor of that is that uh, Bumblebee gets his booster rockets, <laughs> which look really cool on the toy. Yeah. You know, and he hasn't had them before or after. You know, but it's like, hey, they're on the toy, which means we have to somehow get them on his body in the cartoon. So they they, they throw this whole giant seeming piece of crap story around the booster rockets to get them in there. And I, I want to say Nature Calls is a, a bad episode too, but there there's one thing that redeems Nature Calls, and I'll, I'll sum that up in two words: zombie robots. <laughs> You know, when the, when the space barnacles get him and they turn into zombies, that is awesome. I like that. I, I did like. I don't. I don't like how they resolved it. <laughs> I don't like how they got to that point. But I dig the zombie robots. Nature Calls is one of those episodes that I, I can't put it as my worst episode because I almost just ignored that it happened because it was seems like so pointless to me. But but it didn't piss me off like Nanosec did. Yeah, and, well, just and at the end they find Megatron's body. So Megatron, yeah. you know, after like four attempts, finally gets a body. Yeah, which leads us to the end of the season, which did rock. Yes. So, uh, Kevin, overall thoughts, season one. All right, Transformers animated season one. I obviously came into this like most people did back in the day when it first aired, worried about the designs and worried about the look. Um. I have gotten used to the look of the, the actual Transformers. The look of the humans still sucks to me. I just don't like the designs on the humans. I don't like the way they make them look. Um, I I do like the the backgrounds and, and, and some of the scenes and stuff like that. Something about the humans I don't like. I don't like, I know I mentioned this before and I think Michael responded, I don't like the anime hyperdrive look that happens when we go to fight each other. I know that's a staple of anime, but I can't stand it when it's just all different colored diagonal lines in the background and then a transformer in the foreground. I don't like that. Um, it, it almost seems lazy, really. It's like, why couldn't you have some of the background in there? And like, you could blur the background. You could do something crazy with the background, but just to put diagonal lines of color, I don't know. Um, so those are my, my biggest issues with the, the look of it. Um, as far as actual storytelling and whatnot, like I said with Black or Acnea crying, my major problem so far is the human traits that the Transformers have. We've seen them sleep. We've seen them cry. Um, I think we've seen them eat and drink. Um, I don't know. It doesn't bug me enough to, that I would, like, stop watching the show. But they're just minor things where we've never seen this type of stuff before, and I just don't know how I feel about it yet. I may grow to like it, but I'm undecided at this point, I guess. Um. There's a couple times, going back to the look, where the Transformers look like they're made of rubber instead of metal. With the way they bend and the way they move. Um, that bug me. There's the consistent use of, let's just throw a random plot line, or a plot background like a Halloween or birthday party 
or this event or that event. Well, Halloween, I will say, had a specific point. Though. No, I understand the point, but it just seems like they're coming up with all these different like events or special days and then throwing a Transformer story around it, which seems lazy to me. Um, I love the way they've done the backstory so far. They haven't done a lot of them, but I love what we have gotten for backstories with Black Arachnia um, and Optimus Prime with uh, Ratchet and lockdown and stuff like that. So the backstories have been excellently done for the most part so far. And I I love that. Um, I guess the only other issues I have, number one, the whole Autobot alloy and Destronium. I don't want to get into it, but I just don't like the fact that we're saying that Autobots and uh, Decepticons are made of two different things. Well, now I, I I did think about that when you said it originally, I, I didn't think of this. Um, if you go back to G1 and you go back to, I think it's Five Faces of Darkness where the Quintesson... <laughs> You're not going to quote me Five Faces of Darkness. Hold on. Hold on. In the five, when, when Rodimus goes back into the Matrix, they say the Autobots were one product line, the Decepticons were another product line. So think it's of it... still made as, of the same metal, though. I don't know. The toys are all die-cast. Come on. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and my biggest my biggest problem this is the last thing I'll say about season one and the main reason why I don't like s- season one besides all the humans and the key was the whole setup of Sari being the guardian of the key it, it just bugs me as a central aspect of the entire story of season one that you have a little girl holding the most important piece of Cybertronian equipment or whatever you want to call it and I'd hate how they handled it where they finally wised up and said, maybe one of the Transformers should watch that, which is what they should have done to begin with. And then they write that into the story that that's how Megatron gets the key is when the Transformers are finally protecting the key instead of sorry. I just don't like that whole spiel. But what if she's not a real little girl? I don't care. It's still stupid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Steve, overall thoughts, season one. Agree with Kevin. <laughs> you cannot cop out like that. Yes, I can. can too cop out. Michael, anything to add? I agree with Kevin. Well, <laughs> yes! Actually, I I had, <laughs> I had something I wanted to throw out there too. Is that uh, you know people complain about when I say people, I'm looking at Kevin. People complain about the 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 way that some of the characters look, like the human characters. Uh. It, maybe the way they're animated, they don't look right. You know, when they like, sorry, it's when she screams, ha- half her head is like her mouth. You know, ah! yeah. And I, I kind of get it that that's the style, especially if you, if you're a fan of the Teen Titans. You know, that's the style, right? You're used to it by now. It's not, you know, quite as animated as the Teen Titans, but it's it's close. Yeah. Uh, uh but the, the, the you know the saving grace for the art here is the backgrounds. Yeah, the backgrounds. All the backgrounds, are... yeah, all the backgrounds are, are uh, you know, fully realized. They're all painted. They're it's gorgeous. It's just really, really good stuff. And it can be a little disconcerting when you have the, uh, you know, maybe rubbery transformers in front right. of these gorgeous backgrounds. That's I think a uh, major problem. Yeah, and sometimes you don't even notice it, but if if you just for you know after like the fifth viewing, right? If you just forget that the robots are there, that the people are there, and you look behind them, it, it's really sharp. 
I forgot one other thing I want to throw in there too that I really liked, and I'm agree. I agree with everything Michael just said. Another thing that I really like was is the weaponry use so far in season one. I like Prime's axe and his bolus and uh, and some of the other weaponry that's been, being used. I do like that. Megatron's swords are kick ass. Yeah. yeah, I haven't seen I like any weapons fact... that I haven't liked. Yeah, I like the fact that the weapons are integrated. Yeah, in the sense that, and it kind of reminds me back of. Uh... Oh, damn it. I can't remember his name now. The writer. Um, the one who basically said that if you are if you are a weapon, you don't need to have weapons. Flint Billy? No, 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 no. He wrote for, uh, wrote for Beast Wars. Oh, uh, either Larry Dutilio or Bob Forward? No, 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 no. Uh, <laughs> Marv Wolfman? No, the other guy. There's yeah. not too many more that have major roles in Beast Wars. I, I, I well, maybe unless you're talking about Robert Skier from Beast Machines. Bob Skier, yeah. Okay, okay, I'm sorry. My apologies to Bob Skier. I totally blanked. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Bob was the one who who said, you know, if you are a weapon, you don't need weapons. You know, if <laughs> you can turn into, you know, a tank, you don't need a gun. Or if you can turn okay. into a gun, you don't need a gun. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Something like that, yeah. But but uh, you know, basically you don't see Bumblebee hefting around a bazooka because he can, you know, slam his arms together and make stingers. Although I will say the gun that that Optimus Prime carried around in the last uh, live action movie was pretty kick ass. Did he carry that gun around or was I don't know, hard? but he dropped it at the end after he used it and that thing was huge. The giant Gatling guns? Yeah. Or no, he had the he had his he had his regular gun, his G one style. Right, yeah. Whatever you want to call it, shotgun rifle thing. Yeah, but he had these big yeah. old Gatling guns hanging off his arms. So I thought, yeah, that's wow. a little bit. Ex- yeah, the, they, he had some massive weapons, but I'm getting us off track. <laughs> well, later on, in, in you know, not the spoiler, but Prime gets some pretty cool weapons too on nice. top of everything. I will he's look forward got. to but that. He's got a lot of weapons. He's got his axe. He's got his. Uh, what, 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 foam, foam sprayers. He's got bolas are awesome. Yeah, you got bolas. You know, I, I don't really consider bolas to be a very good weapon. I just like it because it reminds me of Panther and Thundercats. Okay, how about that? Sure, two points to, to Thundercats. Or not Panther? Excuse uh, me, Tigra and the original Thundercats. My bad. Oh no! See, I didn't like that. Tigra had like a whip type of thing that yeah. looked like a set he of. Nuts somebody had the bolas with the balls at the end of the rope thing or whatever it is. Yeah, and one of the. Had, I don't remember. I think it yeah. was Panther. Oh, I'm. Panther I got a watch. Yeah, but Panther had nunchucks. No, but he all, they all we're getting off track here, but they all had secondary weapons. Ah, yes, Panther had the nunchucks, but I think he also had the bolos because Panther was the one that invented all the damn things. Genius. Yeah. Papa Cosby. Yeah. There we go. Okay. So there's that. Uh <laughs> 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 oh. <laughs> that's awesome okay all right back on track here um what were we talking about i don't know I can get final us thoughts on season one yeah i totally agree with kevin <laughs> i i know kevin doesn't like that this optimus is young and he's more rodimus type uh but I don't agree with that I, I kind of like that they went with a younger Optimus, and they, they did it a little bit differently. He does have his own backstory. I could stomach the younger Optimus if he didn't have his pity parties like Rodimus used to. That's my problem. 
I don't know really as bad as Rodimus. No. Rodimus, like, entire episodes where <laughs> I'm not as good as Optimus Prime. Yeah, you know, it wasn't and, quite that bad. Oh, it was. Yes, it was. No, and, no, I'm saying this one This one isn't quite that bad. No, well, Optimus see, and that's the thing. Like that. At the very beginning of this episode, the only time this season that we see the hierarchy of Cybertron, that being Ultra Magnus and Sentinel Prime, the dick that he is, um... You know, the only time that we see the hierarchy in this series is at the very beginning of the episode, and the only thing sent, or the only thing uh, Ultra Magnus says to Optimus is, "Don't try to be a hero, Optimus. It's not in your programming." I mean, that's really the only thing. So, I mean, you don't have this Optimus, you know, going around like Rodimus did in season three in Rebirth, saying, "Oh my God, I suck." Oh, oh, oh. You, yeah, you know, no, they're just nearly as emo, but it comes yeah. across in his leadership style, where everything he says is kind of halting, like, "Okay." um... All right, guys, we're gonna we're gonna. When Sorry's right. giving direction, yeah, <laughs> Sorry's leading, and he's like, "All right, guys, um, all right, let's let's do this, okay? Yeah, hmm. yeah." I mean, he, it's clear that he's a very young leader. He has a ways to go. Uh, they've they've stated already. You know, he is an academy bot. They haven't actually explained how he washed out or why he washed out. Uh, and again, that's a lot of backstory that comes later. Sweet. Yeah. But but it's but no I I appreciate the differences the, the liberties they took with these characters and how how different they made them from you know G one and that is, I, I don't have a problem with that at all I mean I like this new Optimus yeah maybe yeah. I'll grow to like him um, the I, animation I, style for me just in general uh, there are certain aspects like when I'm really looking for for issues with it. There are certain aspects that I cannot stand. Like, I found a screenshot that the animation is so awful, the modeling on Bumblebee in car mode is just, he he looks like he's a scrunched-up Volkswagen. That's what he looks like. Um, but in general, I don't dislike it. Um, there are certain things, you know, sometimes the explosions are a little bit too much. But other than that, the style of the animation is is great. And I think that... Throughout this series, as we go along, um, even though we may have one or two one-off episodes, the overall story of these Autobots, of these Decepticons, it ties all back together. I mean, by by the time season three and all the continuity and all the all the backstories start happening, it really made me look back at these first, you know, sixteen yeah. episodes. Um, and really see, oh yeah, I can see that now. Okay, that's that's cool. Yeah, especially the next season, you you see you well. If you, once you watch it, you look back and you see where all the building blocks were laid ahead of time in season yep. one. You can see how everything plans or was planned ahead and the builds only up thing. And I said this last episode. The only thing I wish that they would have done with this season is have Megatron Rising Part One be the season finale and just have it end on the cliffhanger of, Oh shit. Megatron is alive. He's in the sky and just end it because part two, it picks up and it resolves itself immediately. And then when we jump into season two next time, you know, it's like, Oh, well all this happened and all that happened and that's great. But I just, I just didn't feel like there was enough of a cliffhanger for season one. There's no sense of urgency at the end. Yeah, not at all. I agree. But considering that there was no six-month gap between season one and season two, it's like, okay, next week, season two. Yeah, that's that's true. 
Uh, Steve, anything to add before we go to the ads and all the breaks and all that stuff? Nope. Transformation Animation Podcast will be back after these messages. Hey, Tara Strong here, and you're listening to the GeekCast Radio Network. No, there will be no Operation Interference. I am TFG1 Mike, and you should be listening to my very first podcast, the TFG1 Podcast. 24 episodes covering the entire U.S. run of the 1984 Transformers cartoon. I also have a few supplemental episodes and an interview with Stan Bush. I bring in guest hosts who will be full-time co-hosts in Steve Megatron and fan of the show now co-host Econ Court Michael. So check out the TFG1 podcast. You can find it on iTunes and the web at www.geekcastradio.com. Transform and roll out. Welcome to my throne room, Future Tales. The Beast Unleashed podcast is over, not gone. You can hear more of this great podcast discussing all the episodes of Beast Wars and Beast Machines on geekcastradio.com. We include voice actor and writer interviews with stellar hosting by Steve, Mike, and Michael. Head on over to iTunes, or the net, or else I will send you my vehicles to extract your spark and destroy you. <laughs> yes. Now back to Transformation Animation Podcast. That's right, we are back, and before this episode, we recorded it uh, today... Uh, Michael did his own video mashup of Transformers meets Jigsaw. What the hell did you do? Uh, I was listening to you know the previous podcast that we did, uh, the, specifically the one uh, for Home is Where the Heart Is, or Home is Where the Spark Is. And home is also where the heart is. Yeah, home. Yeah, exactly. Home is where the saw is. Uh, but the 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 scene where. Megatron has taken over the warehouse and is, is basically immobilizing all of the Autobots and trying, you know, basically trying to kill them. Uh, there's a scene where Bulkhead is grabbed by the pincher arms and put on a conveyor belt when he's going get, to get, get his head smashed. And the comment that I had made was, you know, how did Bulkhead end up in a Saw movie? <laughs> and I thought, well, how cool would it be if I took, you know, Jigsaw and stuck him in there and said, you know, Bulkhead, I'd like to play a game. <laughs> uh, you know, so I thought, you know, this shouldn't be that hard to do. It, it probably took me about three hours to put together. And the sad thing is, I didn't start until like eleven o'clock, so it was really, really late by the time I got done with it. And uh, and then I ended up going back and re-editing it. And it, <laughs> it took more time, and I was really tired afterwards. <laughs> but it turned out nice. It turned out funny. I yeah, it, it, was, it funny. was pretty funny. Yeah, it was a bit of a surprise, you know, because it's like, okay, I've seen this episode. I know roughly where. This falls into place. What's going to happen? What makes this different? And then, boom, is Jigsaw. And he's like, hello, Bulkhead. It's <laughs> like, oh, man. Oh, no way. You know? And I kind of I kind of threw a twist in there and killed Bumblebee, too. At the That's end. excellent. Yeah, I, I dug it. I thought it was cool. Um, you know, probably nobody but us is actually going to see it. But you know. <laughs> well, I will put it in the post. I will, I will link it in the post. 
God, if we ever get to interview Bumper Robinson, he's going to hate us. <laughs> he's going to hate you. Because hey, <laughs> you're like, Bumper, you've been a dick for like an entire season. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> All right. Thank you for joining us here on Transformation Animation Podcast. There's always get in contact with us or leave feedback for the show. Visit the website, geekcastradio.com. Leave the show's feedback in iTunes. Please do this. Follow us on Twitter. The showing there is TFA Podcast. Mine is TFG on Mike. What is your Twitter, Steve? SCP21. Michael. Pecan CT Michael. Kevin. Optimus Solo. Yes. Become a fan on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash geekcast radio network. Call the voicemail line. Tell us to show you leaving a message for and your name. 502-526-5821. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Transformation Animation Podcast. I wish you'll join us next time when we'll be reviewing the first three episodes from Transformers Animated Season 2. Those being The Elite Guard, The Return of the Headmaster, and Mission Accomplished. Oh, God. No, yes, you called? This is where it gets, good. This is where it gets <laughs> okay. cool. Seriously. Return of the Headmaster scares me, but okay. Son of a bitch! At a point, be a piece of shit. For now, I am TFG and Mike with... Michael Wilson. And Optimus Solo. And Steve Megatron Phillips. I will tap you again next week. You. Oh, God. Worst train wreck ever. Burnt toast! Okay, what's his malfunction? Technical glitch. It happens. A lot, actually. (laughs) It is not a glitch. It is Megatron, and he commands us to deliver him the key. Megatron! Did you just say Megatron? Did he just say Megatron? There is no Megatron! Megatron is offline! Terminated! I did it myself! Saw it myself! You interrupted my speech!